Warning. The program you're about to hear is absolutely filthy and thoroughly disgusting. Furthermore, listening to it will immediately turn you into a bottom. Bottom. Hey, everyone. <laughs> Watch me shove this beer can up my ass. I'm proud to declare the Adam Sank Show and his ass open to the wind. Ass open to the wind. This is fuckery. <laughs> this is all fuckery. Fuckery, fuckery, fuckery. Powered by DNR Studios. And now... Give a warm round of applause to my friend and yours, Adam Sank. Welcome, welcome. I did not win the Mega Millions billion dollar jackpot last night, which means I am here today at the Adam Sank Show, and we are back live, if you're listening live, at 11 a.m. Eastern, Saturday, July 30th, 2022, dnrstudios.com, or on the DNR Cast app, which is a great app when it's working. <laughs> the only place to hear this podcast live and throughout the week that it first airs. Leave us your ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen to this motherfucker. Email me, me, at adam at adamsank.com. Call and speak to us live on the Ass Hotline. The number's 804-TALK-ASS. You can also just leave a voicemail when we're not on the air. Like the Adam Sank Show Facebook page. Get your ass merch at adamsank.com. Get vaccinated and boosted for COVID. Get vaccinated for monkeypox immediately as soon as you can. And on this podcast, as always, we stand with Ukraine. Our guest today is a... Uh, a handsome and talented man named Ty Blue. He is the director and co-creator of this smash musical that's been happening in New York the last few months. It's called Titanic, or perhaps Titanic. We'll ask him how to pronounce it. But it is a hilarious musical spoof of the movie Titanic. Um, it's playing through September. I have never laughed so hard at anything. And uh, side note, Ty Blue is rather handsome, and I'm going to ask him if he's single. <laughs> and see if I can get something going. So we'll be talking to him a little later, but first it's time to speak to uh, my guest co-host this week. As you know, Steve is, uh, is off this entire month. Uh, so for one, for two last uh, episodes, we have everyone's second favorite lesbian, Joanne Filan. Yeah! Oh, it's me! <laughs> I don't know that this Instagram Live is actually going out. Mm -hmm. I, I hit the button, but I don't see anyone... Uh, it just says checking connection. Oh, now we're live. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, we're a little belatedly well, live on Instagram, but yes. I'm, I'm second favorite anyways. So. Welcome, Joanne. I'm so excited to be here and to continue my reign of second. Second favorite lesbian. <laughs> yes. Now, uh, I, I should let the uh, listeners know that we... Uh, got our. I got the bagels today from the best bagel place in New York, Liberty Bagels. I waited online for almost a half hour, and of all of the dozens of varieties of bagels <laughs> and cream cheese available at Liberty Bagels, Joanne chose. This is what she asked me to get her: a plain bagel with butter. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wait, I'm trying to hit the trombone, but it's not working. I think the board's broken, the iPad. Oh, oh okay. I'll look at it. Woohoo! Woo! I, I used to enjoy um, a nice sad. butter bagel in, in high school time or butter roll. Those are delicious. Listen, oh, I, love a, I love a bagel with butter. I'll eat any bagel with anything on it. But to, to, have, to be faced with so many choices, Joanne. I panicked. What is that? <laughs> That's what happens. I just I can't I can't decide things. I have I have a real difficult time. I'm gonna have to go to extra therapy for this. I got a jalapeno cheddar bagel with vegetable cream cheese. You can see how much cream cheese they put on it if you're watching this on Instagram Live. And uh, can I just say this jalapeno cheddar bagel is heavy on the jalapeno, light on the cheddar. It is spicy as fuck. It's um, steaming. It's a, it's a steaming hot piece of bagel. <laughs> but, uh, all right, so, oh, sorry, that was me, my bad. So before we uh, get into the show, let me just let uh, you guys and uh, the listeners know that if you had seen me four days ago, you would not have believed that I'm here today. I was hit with such a nasty super flu this past week. It struck me last Sunday, and I was deathly ill through Wednesday. Man. That's... Terrible. And you know it was the flu? Well, I think it was the flu because I'm vaccinated for monkeypox and I didn't get any pox. Well, that's a I, good sign. I tested mm -hmm. negative for COVID. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't have symptoms of anything else. I just had vomiting and extreme nausea, extreme fatigue, and a fever, and it lasted for four fucking Holy days. Shit. So, like a stomach flu. It was a stomach flu, except without getting too graphic. 
Uh, everything was fine coming out the other end. Oh, Do you know well, what I'm saying? Yes, Normally when it. there's a stomach flu or food poisoning, it's every, mm-hmm. everything, every possible thing that can go wrong does. But mm-hmm. it was just intense, intense nausea. I would like take a sip of water and I'd start gagging. Oh, my God. That's horrible. It was bad. So I am thrilled to be here and to be mm-hmm. healthy. I'm really grateful to well, the powers that be. And I hope that you douched. Uh, I did not douche. We were talking about douching before we went on there. I did not douche because I do not douche in any circumstances, and especially when I'm sick and no one is going to be in that area. Well, I don't me. douche either, so together we don't douche. Now, what, how do you feel about douching, Joanne, as a, as a woman and a lesbian? Is there any reason that women have to go to extraordinary lengths to clean their, their no-no? I don't. Uh, I've never douched. I, it, it scares me. Just the thought of putting something in, and what if it doesn't come out? I don't, you know. Well, it does come out. Just, well, yeah, but when? Does it come out when you want it to, or does it just come out, you know, randomly? Like, These are questions I don't have the answer to. Me neither. But, um, okay, uh, JB, I need you to, uh, to just look up from that for one second, because um, the podcast awards are coming. Actually, this is the last day, uh, what is today, the 30th? Today and tomorrow is the last day you can nominate us for a podcast award. So unless you are listening live or you're watching on Instagram live, uh, this doesn't apply to you. But you have this one final chance to nominate the Adam Sank Show. Go to podcastawards.com, register as a nominator, click the box that says you're willing to be considered as a voter. It's free. They won't spam you. Nominate us in the comedy and people's choice categories, then go to the LGBTQ category and nominate either Derek and Romaine or If These Ovaries Could Talk, whichever you prefer. They're both DNR Studio shows. And then uh, the slate of nominees will be announced August 7th, so by the next time we're live, we'll know whether we were nominated. And then if you were selected as a voter, make sure you vote, all that stuff. And you don't have to take my word for it because we had a call from Gail, and she also wants you to nominate the Adam Sank Show. Hit it, Gail. Hello, boys and girls. This is Gail. I've missed you all. I love you all. I'm calling to please request, no, demand that you fucking vote for Adam Sank. Nominate his poor sorry ass and then vote for him. The poor guy, he's had surgeries on that poor little ass because the shit that that man has done to that ass. Oh, my God. And then he constantly tells us he does not have a very large penis. Me, myself, and the many, many, many men I've had through my life. I don't care if penises are smaller or larger. Either way, they're fun. But the poor man, what he's going through, give him a fucking break. Nominate his poor tortured ass (laughs) and then vote for his, I guess, small penis or maybe it's a medium penis. I don't know. He never sends me dick pics, so I'm only guessing. That's it. And if you don't do this, then you're all on my shit list because Adam is wonderful. Goodbye. That is one of the greatest, one of the greatest voicemails of all time. Gail deserves... Gail deserves a Grammy for that uh, uh, voicemail. I think we should vote for her as well. Vote for Gail as the best <laughs> voicemail uh, in a podcast. Yeah. Uh, for those of you on Instagram Live who missed it, Gail basically said, you should vote for me because I've destroyed my hole <laughs> over the years by shoving too many things up it and because I have a small penis. And therefore, for some reason, I deserve a nomination. Uh, so know. thank you, Gail. We love you. Um, oh, speaking of Gail, let's do, uh, let's do some quick recommended TV. I hate this segment. Who gives a fuck what anyone else is watching on TV? This shit sucks. All right, we're going to fly through these because we're already a little behind. Um, I have two. They're both on HBO Max. The first is a six-part miniseries called The Last Movie Stars. This is about the lives and careers of Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward, Hollywood power couple for, uh, you know, 40 years um, I didn't know that much about them. I learned a lot. Six parts is probably longer than it needs to be, but the structure of it is fascinating. They, why does that keep happening, JB? I, I, I don't know. We're getting massive feedback. Is it me? I don't think it, you're doing anything. Um, I'm just going to bring you down a bit and yeah, see if that helps. But not too far down. I don't want to... Um, it's based on all these uh, thousands of hours of transcripts of interviews that were done for a... Paul Newman biography that were, that was never written, 
And so Ethan Hawke produced the documentary, and he has all these famous actors reading the various voices of the transcripts. Um, and Brooks Ashmanashkis, I don't know if I'm saying that right, who's a fabulous Broadway actor, plays Gora Vidal, and he's Ooh. hilarious. Um, okay, sec- I, I got to change mics, JB. This is terrible. Uh, second um, recommendation is Expecting Amy. This is back from in 2020, but I'm just getting to it. Amy Schumer's um, three-part documentary about being pregnant and putting together a comedy special and vomiting constantly <laughs> because there, she had... It was beyond morning sickness. She had a medical condition where she could not stop throwing up for her entire pregnancy. Don't watch it if you have a metaphilia, uh, fear of throw up, because it's there's a lot of throwing up. But uh, it's she's such a great person. She's hilarious. She's smart. She's sweet. Mm -hmm. She's she's evolved, and it's kind of a fascinating look into what it takes to put together a comedy special, especially when one is pregnant and sick all the time. Joanne, recommendations. Uh, well, I, you know, I always recommend the same things, but, um, <clears throat> a plain bagel, a plain bagel. <laughs> something is very boring. Like, uh, I don't know. No. Um, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Wentworth. I always recommend Wentworth on Netflix. Yes. That, and have you watched it yet? You have to watch have it. Not. Oh my God. It's fabulous. I mean, I can't uh, describe it enough. Okay. And, uh, and then, uh, after that, uh, uh, only murders in the building. Oh, really? Yes. I haven't tried that yet. Absolutely. Is it fun? It's yeah. Those, everybody is wonderful. In it. I've heard Martin Selena Schultz. Gomez is surprisingly good. Yes. As yes. As an actress. Uh, yeah, as surprisingly good is a good way to describe surprisingly, it. Surprisingly, you guys are so rude, okay? Leave Selena <laughs> Gomez alone. She's well, been acting for a long time. Okay. I've been here for her. Wow. I did, who knew JB was a fan of Selena Gomez? Wow. JB, yeah. what are your recommendations? Oh, okay. So my recommendation, super simple. Uh, my favorite show came back this a couple of days ago, Harley Quinn, season three, started HBO mm-hmm. Max, released three episodes. They're fucking fantastic. Go watch. Great. Okay. Yeah. We got lots of recommendations there. Okay. Uh, finally, we got no new reviews. We haven't had a new fucking review for this show in over a month now. I'm getting really angry. What in the they fuck? need to be coming in on a regular basis, or I'm canceling this fucking podcast. Yeah. That's just the way it is, you guys. I've had it. It takes five minutes. Mm-hmm. There are thousands of people listening, and we have 220 reviews. Seriously. The math doesn't work out. So fuck you for not reviewing us yet. Do it today. Right. Even if you're a DNR Studio subscriber, I know you have an Apple Podcast ID. Everybody does. Just go on Apple Podcasts and write your review. Thank you. However, we <laughs> did get an email from a listener, uh, a, a fan, if you will. Now, what I love about this email, and it's typical of our fans, is it's putatively meant to compliment us, but it's filled with shady insults. Oh, so no. here we go. This is from Jockman Jeff and Rick. Adam, we are long and avid listeners of your show since day one. My husband Rick and I listen every Saturday at 2 p.m. Pacific time in Palm Springs. You are our lunchtime entertainment. We especially enjoy your guests. They are always entertaining and sometimes surprising. Your (laughs) porn stars always provide lots of stimulation, sometimes mentally. The guest comedians are usually interesting, (laughs) and we have begun to follow many of them online. We love how your segment, Ask Me No Questions, helps to reveal a lot about them. Your co-hosts always add a lot to the show when you allow them to speak. I feel like I should speak right now. (laughs) JB, joy and quiet. I'm speaking. (laughs) JB, JB is always a pleasure to listen to, especially now that he has learned to speak into the mic. Your topical commentary is always informative, although sometimes a bit biased. Jesus. What does that mean? You are entitled to your opinions, and we love that you share them so freely. Be careful when riding the subway. What? Wait, just slip a little uh, total... per- public service announcement yes. in there? It is a scary place. I digress. Give Lady a treat for us and tell her to take good care of you. We hope you will someday bring your naked comedy to Palm Springs. I think you would kill it here, especially at CCBC. I'm so, what is I don't know what that, that is. We love ass. Keep it up and open to the wind. Ass open to the wind. Stick it in. Here I am. I don't know why the board is so loud. I'm surprising he didn't say, you know, like, and uh, we want your naked comedy, even though you have a tiny penis. <laughs> exactly. I think Ramin finally did her fine tuning because she's been having issues with her show and the board. 
Just promise me that my levels are are sufficient to be heard right now. I'm hoping so. Thank God I don't get to talk a lot. Yeah, I just, I don't want to get, all right. I'm figuring it out. Um, so thank you for to, thank you to Jockman Jeff and Rick for that mostly flattering email. <laughs> uh, now leave us a review. Okay, finally, Joanne. That was tough. that was a long preamble. Really, um, it is time to get into the news, and we're going to start with the latest on Brittany Griner. Oh my gosh, this is horrible. This is the WNBA uh, superstar who has been imprisoned in Russia for months now. And there has been some legitimate uh, criticism of the Biden administration for not doing enough to free her. Well, now there, there's been major developments just in the past couple of days. Uh, Secretary of State Antony Blinken said Friday he had spoken with the Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov and urged him to accept a proposal for a, a, a swap, essentially a prisoner mm-hmm. swap, two Americans, Brittany and Paul Whelan, who was like a former Marine, who right, was, right. has been there for years, probably a spy, but who knows. <laughs> um, anyway, swapping him in exchange for this horrible Russian arms dealer who's responsible for mass death across right. the globe, um, but this would be someone that Russia has wanted freed from right. the U.S. for years. Um, Convenient. Earlier this week, Greiner testified at her drug possession trial. Once again, she's imprisoned for supposedly having cannabis oil, uh, bringing it into Russia, which is illegal there. And through an interpreter, uh, she explained that when she was being detained at Moscow's airport, uh, officials told her to sign a variety of documents, but nobody explained any of them to her. She was literally using like Google Translate to figure right. out what document she was signing. It's like broke down pals. Do you ever see that? Movie? Yes, very it's much totally like that. Like that. She also said that besides the poor translation at the airport, she received no expl- uh, no one read her rights, no one gave her access to a lawyer. Uh, you know, this is Russian justice. Um, mm-hmm. She's been held since mid-February. Uh, she was in Russia during uh, the N- WNBA's off-season playing for a Russian basketball league to try to earn some extra money right. because WNBA players are not right. paid fairly. Mm-hmm. So this, these are positive developments, and what's crazy is... <clears throat> Throughout this entire war in Ukraine, the U.S. and Russia have not spoken one time. Yeah. Uh, but they spoke about this. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit odd. Well, it's good. Yeah, it no, it's true. It shows you that they're finally prioritizing the life and freedom of this woman and, right. of, and of Paul Whelan. So what was that? What was that? <laughs> <laughs> email notification. <laughs> Somebody have an idea about this? I love this show. <laughs> Um, so we uh, we stand with Brittany Griner and we yes. pray for her safe release. Yeah. Joanne, are you a WNBA fan? Um, I know I probably should be, but I am not a sports person at all. So <clears throat> I mean, I support. what kind of lesbian are you, Joanne? I am a. Um, I, I know you're into cats. I do. I do have cats, and I should probably maybe I'll, I'll make my cats play basketball. Okay. You know, is that like a good? You know. I got a, almost a uh, half a team. The CNBA, if you yes. will. <laughs> exactly. Listen, if you can think of it, I'm sure that there's a market for it. Fair enough. I'm going to get them a little jerseys when I get they home. They have that puppy bowl, right, That's on Super right. Bowl Sunday. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Meanwhile, there's, uh, of course, more news about monkeypox. The World oh Health God. Organization is now calling on men who have sex with men, like me, mm-hmm. to stop being such fucking whores. They actually said that in the press release. Really? No, they said, uh, they said they're calling on men to stop, men who have sex with men, to reduce the number of sexual partners to help uh, stop the flow uh. of monkeypox. Uh. I'm turning that off because the board is so loud. It's blowing us all away. No. Um, at a briefing on Wednesday, WHO Director General Tedros Adnaham Gebrisisis urged uh, countries around the world to take the steps necessary to stop transmission this includes, for men who have sex with men, reducing your number of sexual partners, reconsidering sex with new partners, exchanging contact details with new partners, which is really would be something new for us. Um, yeah. You know, there, there are now states of emergency declared in New York and San Francisco and other cities around the country. This is a, this is a real problem. In the U.S., uh, the number of cases is constantly growing. It's up to 5,000 now. It's probably past 5,000 since I saw the... The number last. How difficult is it to get vaccinated? It's very difficult. Yeah, because you don't... What keeps happening in New York, and I don't know about other cities, but in New York, they keep opening up, like they'll say, okay, we have 8,000 new doses. 
sign up at 6 o'clock at this website, you know, tonight, and then at 6.02, all the appointments okay. are gone. And that's New York, outside of New York? And we're the epicenter. Like, yeah, yeah. I feel like just outside of New York, they don't even talk about it. As if it doesn't. Well, it, we don't. We weren't talking about it either. We didn't think it was real until <clears throat> we started knowing people who had it, and then it was like, shit, this is real. Do you? Are you so? Do you feel so happy sometimes that you're a lesbian and you don't have to deal <laughs> with this shit? Well, as a lesbian, being defined, there's only so happy that I can be. There's <laughs> a level I can't breach too happy. You know, because then I spring Seriously, into gay man I mean, territory. You guys, in general. You are spared the STD. <laughs> we're concerns. spared a lot. Yes, we're spared. Right? Yeah, we're spared happiness. And no, it's no, not no. just yeah. because you're more monogamous than we are. It's also because of the kind of sex you have. You know, yeah. you're not putting fluids into each other's bodies. Yeah, for the most part, yes, you're correct. I don't. I don't. No, you're right. Yeah, I think I, I want to be a lesbian. Well, hey, have at it. And also, <laughs> women are more self-conscious about their bodies. They make sure they get checkups and stuff. Gay men, not all gay men, but most gay men don't even get checked check themselves. And it's a little frustrating. I don't know. Do you think that's true? Do you think women take better care of themselves than men? I guess that's probably true. Um, I think it's it's almost like the whole gay-straight thing. Like, there's a level, like, the probably straight men take care of themselves least uh, than maybe, uh, oh, I don't know. Every gay man I know is fastidious. Like, right. I'll, okay. I'll see my doctor if I have, like, a, a bump on my elbow. Right. I think know? gay men are better than straight women and definitely better than straight men. And maybe lesbians are the top? I don't know. Most of the guys I've talked to, and I'm going back to Flatbush and where I live now, even I'm squeaking, what the fuck is going on? I don't know. Most We're of the guys I talk to, problems today. they're like, I said, hey, when's the last time you got tested? Or, like, basic regular questions that we should be asking. It was like, oh, I haven't been to the doctor. I'm just like, what? And <laughs> when? How long? Since years. Well, my is this a younger thing? Every is time, this time this I go to the doctor, my thing? doctor's like, you again. <laughs> um, I think there are racial disparities, clearly. JB's right. talked on the show before about how he hates mm -hmm. going to see doctors because they treat him like shit. Right, exactly. As a black man, mm -hmm. um, there are certainly socioeconomic disparities. Those of us who are blessed to have good health insurance right. and don't Absolutely. need constant referrals and don't need to prove that we're sick in order to get treatment. True. Um, but uh, it happens a lot with women, too. Uh, they're very... Yeah, women are, women are not treated well at, by, at by the men. That's yeah. why when JB said, like, women take better care of themselves, I'm like, maybe, but I don't think they feel taken care of no, more. No, I, I think maybe they take care of themselves better because they have to do more research to almost, like, to prove if they're ill, if you know, like, because doctors don't always, you know, they kind of, they can be very dismissive you know, with you, women. You know, you're absolutely right, because, uh, uh, what's her name? She's a Douglas? Uh, not who the comedian who did Douglas, but then also oh the, Hannah Gadsby. Hannah Gadsby. She's had also horrible experience. Talked about it. I was like, she had to keep going to doctors until finding the right one. Yes, I understand that, but the fact that she kept going to doctors to find out what the fuck was right. going on, most people don't do that. They just right. stop. They give up. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Well, back to monkeypox. There's now mm -hmm. a movement afoot to change the name of monkeypox. Wonderful. I have, oh my God, we have a caller. All right, find out who that is. Um, that I happen mean? to love the name monkeypox. I think it's adorable. Well, and the, on, the only funnier name for a disease than monkeypox is whooping cough. <laughs> that is the lovely one, too, yes. But right. New York Health Commissioner Ashwin Vassan wrote to the World Health Organization demanding a change because he's of what he calls the painful and racist history within the terminology of diseases like monkeypox to communities of color. You know, monkey is a racial slur very right. often. Okay. And so to, for, for a black gay man to be told you have monkeypox is sort of like right. beyond traumatic because you have this disease. It's also stigmatized. I didn't want to bring that up, but that's also a thing. I was like, I can't get monkeypox. This is going to be a double negative on me. I'm going to go that. They're going to be like, uh, you fucking monkey, you got monkeypox. I'm like, I can't get mad that you said that. Like, I can't that is some racist shade. Yeah. Um, JB, can we try turning down that iPad just a little bit more? So sure, sure. I heard this, and I came up with a couple alternatives for oh, monkeypox really? that I put on the Adam Sank Show Facebook page. I, I thought they were hilarious. Uh, my, my, my followers did not agree. But uh, I thought grinder pox. Mm -hmm. that, that sounds appropriate. Popper pox. <laughs> yes. Booty pox. 
Booty pox. I but, was just I was I was just telling Joanne earlier. She was asking me, oh my god. She was asking me for names of things of for other to call monkey pox. I was like booty herpes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> herpes 3.0. Like, I don't know. It's, it's, well, but, the funniest uh name I've heard, believe it or not, came from Tucker Carlson, the piece of shit. <laughs> On his hate fest of a show, no. he was mocking monkeypox, mocking queer people, mocking <laughs> the wokeness of wanting to change the name of monkeypox. Um, so he had a, a he had a reader, an, a, a viewer poll going to see what the new name should be, and the one they came up with I think is hilarious. It's called Schlong COVID. <laughs> that is that is which great. is a play that on long COVID. I'm not mad at schlong COVID. No. Um, although monkeypox isn't just doesn't just appear on your schlong; it's also in your hole very often. Oh. That's where my friends got it, and they said oh, it was shit. painful as fuck. Um, so the point is, monkeypox is real. It's happening. It may have a new name by the next time we're live on the wow. air. And uh, please get vaccinated if you are at risk as soon as you can. Meanwhile, the House of Representatives this week uh, moved to protect same-sex marriage from any future reversal by the Supreme Court. You remember that when uh, Supreme Court ruled in Dobbs, is that the name of the case that overturned Roe? Yes, Uh, I think so, yeah. Clarence Thomas wrote this hateful concurring opinion in which he very strongly hinted that he was looking to also repeal Obergefell and uh, Windsor mm-hmm. and Lawrence versus Texas and all of these laws that had established basic LGBTQ rights, including marriage equality. Well, this past Tuesday, the House of Representatives voted to pass a bill that would enshrine, for some reason that just made me think of schlong, enshrine schlong. <laughs> uh, protections for same-sex marriage into federal law. And therefore, even if the Supreme Court were to overturn those precedents, the law of the land would still be marriage equality. Right. Um, the vote count was interesting. Of course, overwhelmingly, Democrats supported it. Overwhelmingly, right. Republicans opposed it. But, and it's a big but, mm-hmm. 47 Republicans joined the Democrats to vote for the bill. It's, it is, it's kind of amazing. I'm not giving the Republicans any fucking credit, no, but it's true. a measure of where we are as a country that marriage equality is extremely popular. Which is wonderful. I mean, are you married? I can't remember. I am married. Good yes. for you. Well, thanks. I'm married at the moment. <laughs> Shade. Joanne's wife, if you're listening, it's time to step up your game. Oh, God. Step up your pussy. Uh, yeah, I mean, 47 Republicans are a lot. Meanwhile, there was only one New York Democrat who voted against it. And uh, I can't find the name right now, but that person is in deep shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. A new, one New York congressperson, period. It was a Republican. Someone from upstate. Um, But now that's being used again. I think it was a woman. Um, So now it moves to the Senate. And like most things in in the makeup of Congress right now, it doesn't really matter if it passes the House because it will always fail in the Senate. Well, in this case, we may have the 10 Senate votes we need to make this law. Already, Susan Collins of Maine, Rob Portman of Ohio... Um, They've both said they'll vote for it. Tom Tillis of North Carolina, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, Ron Johnson of Wisconsin have all signaled Mm -hmm. they will likely vote for it. Susan Collins is trying to make up for... Oh, she's... She's a piece of shit. She's a piece of shit. Uh, Mitt Romney and even Mitch McConnell have declined to flat out say they oppose the bill. So right there, that is seven Republican senators who are possible, if not probable, yeses, doesn't take that long to get three to go there. And let me just say, I don't think that any of these Republicans give a shit about us. No. no. But they understand that if, the, if, if marriage mm-hmm. equality were suddenly to be overturned and you had tens of thousands of marriages just nullified across the country, mm-hmm. it would be legal chaos. Yes. It, okay. There's no way to even deal with the burden that that would create on the court system. You're talking about property. You're talking about children, mm-hmm. adoption, yeah. Health uh, decisions about health care proxies, it's just, it would be a nightmare. Yeah, and absolutely. they know that no harm has come to anyone because of marriage equality. Right, right. Except to Joanne. Well, <laughs> shit. Oh, I love you. Do you guys have anything to say about that story, or should we move on? Uh, no, but we should move on because our favorite person's on the line. Oh, who Ooh. is it? Is it? It's Steve. 
So, oh, Steve, fuck, of course I forgot. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is our final Into the Woods update. Steve, as you know, has um, been yes. frolicking in the Woods campground all July. Woods. So joining us now from somewhere in the woods is Steve Cesaro. <laughs> Steve, are you with us? Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm sorry I totally forgot about your segment. We've been having tons of technical problems today. No, no, it's totally fine. And I'm so excited that uh, I get to hear my bumper one last time. I know you love your bumper. Now, were you doing a bump of something as the bumper played? That's the question. I did last night because I was very tired, but I was conservative and just did one. So. <laughs> Good for you. Now, we were, of course, talking about monkeypox again. Um, has yeah. monkeypox struck the woods campground at this time? There are less people in the club, and the app seems to be fairly quiet compared to what it normally is. So hmm. um, but I don't you, know if it's Have you seen not, any actual lesions or monkeys? In the woods. I have seen monkeys, and I have seen a lesion, but I wasn't sure if it was monkeypox or not. Uh, but I kind of stay away from that person. Could have just been the herpes. <laughs> well, you know, when you look at lesions, I was like, that is a lesion. But he was still very aggressive about sex, and I said, no, thank you, sir. I'm going to not engage in this conversation. I'm proud of you. This may be the first <laughs> you know, time you've ever refused sex. Oh, that's very good. <sighs> it's true. It's true. It's really true. Uh, it's so sad. It's my last weekend here before I move back, and here I am, celibate like a man. Yeah, now, do you feel like you've had enough of the woods and you're ready to rejoin civilization? I'm actually a little sad that I'm coming back on uh, tomorrow, actually, so I have to pack everything up. Uh, it is my husband's birthday week, so special. Oh, oh happy birthday, Lane. I didn't know that. Yeah, so uh, he's got his friends up here. We are doing a full day. Oh, look at that, applause. Yes. Um, <laughs> a full day of celebrations. Um, so we just had breakfast, and then we're going to go play this game called Wingspan. I don't know if you've heard of it. No. It's, it's educational, not my type of thing, but we're mm -hmm. going to go play and then go frolic in the pool. Uh -huh. How lovely. Yeah. Uh, um, now, will you have a, a hot wood nymph jumping out of a cake in honor of Lane's birthday? How nice. Yes, it is the, it'll be me. I will be naked with my own Woody, um, <laughs> and everybody will be shocked, but they're all going to have a piece of my cake. Good for you. <laughs> uh, now, when you come back, to uh, wherever the hell you live, Dutchess County. Uh, do you have any yeah. plans for the rest of August, or can we expect you here every Saturday, as you should be, co-hosting the Adam Shank Show? Bum bitch. I will be back every Saturday, except for the one that you graciously moved so that you and I can be here at the woods to do our own special report. Yes, oh, I will be joining Steve in the woods Steve. for my very first time in mid-September. Oh, so that's exciting. I'm very excited. Um, Steve, we're going to let you yeah. go because I have to get to this um, Clark Kent lookalike from January 6th story, and then we have our guest waiting ah. patiently. But it's lovely to hear from Perfect. you. I miss you terribly. Come back in one piece. I will. All right. Love Bye, you. guys. Thanks for having me, and I'll see you later. Bye. Bye. And finally, uh, the day eight of the Capitol riot hearings happened uh, about 10 days ago. And the big headline out of it was not anything that the committee revealed, but rather somebody who was sitting near the witnesses during the hearing. Uh, the New York Post headline was, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's super hunk. <laughs> there was an incredibly hot man um, sitting uh, beside, behind, actually, witnesses Matthew Pottinger and Sarah Matthews sporting a sleek navy suit and glasses, earning him comparisons to Superman's alter ego. Social media went absolutely gaga over the handsome Man of Steel facsimile. Uh, one person tweeted, someone get this man a phone booth so he can save democracy. <coughs> one awestruck commenter quipped, why are people questioning Clark Kent's presence at the January 6th hearings? He's obviously... <laughs> covering the event for the Daily Planet. <laughs> Someone else tweeted, when you, have, when you have no idea that you're trending and about to walk out of that hearing to a modeling contract, a marriage proposal, and a three-way. <laughs> Even Bravo boss Andy Cohen wanted to know the identity of the, of the aesthetically endowed stranger. Cohen tweeted, who on earth is this? Uh, you, have to, you should read all the responses. It's very funny. Uh, TMZ finally unmasked the hottie. Uh, he is a 23-year-old medical student who's actually oh. working with Fauci. Oh. 
His name is Alex Wallet. He's from Ohio. He reportedly has a girlfriend. And he was so overwhelmed by the attention that he uh, deleted all of it. He didn't delete, but he made private all of his social media accounts. Wow. I didn't even... uh, You had no idea this was not on a lesbian radar. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) All right. It's time for our guest segment, and I'm excited. Our guest today is a producer and director whose work spans theater, music, and TV. He has worked on the casting teams of RuPaul's Drag Race, Project Runway, and The Real Housewives shows, among others. He is also the director and co-creator of the hilarious musical, <laughs> musical spoof, Titanic, which is currently running at the Asylum here in New York. It reimagines the movie Titanic if Celine Dion had actually been a passenger aboard <laughs> the ill-fated luxury liner that. and lived to sing the tale. Here's a taste of the show. And please give a warm ass welcome to the show's director and co-creator, Ty Blue. Yay. Hey. Uh, Hi. Welcome. Hi. Welcome, welcome. Ooh. That feels right. Right? That as, feels right. As it yeah. should. <laughs> it's lovely to have such a handsome guest in studio with us. Oh, yes. Why, thank you. Flamingos on your shirt. Nice, to, nice, nice. to be here. This is, this is the earliest I've been awake in a long time. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, the alarm went off this morning, and I was like, oh, Wow. Luxury me realizing that I haven't had to like set an alarm in the past few weeks. I'm like, oh, back to the real world. I mean, our show does start at 11. It's not a terribly early it's not, hour. It's not. But, but, I, but I, I had a very strong edible last night. And I was oh, like, good let, for me just, you. Like, let me just nice. set like a, a, a full 9 a.m. alarm clock to make sure that I'm actually here on time. So here I am. Congratulations. Oh, I thought it said bong sound. I thought that was the sound of a bong, <laughs> a but bong. it was that actually was a, a boing, boing sound. Boing sound. Uh, Ty, the show is a smash. It's really one of the most talked about shows in New York right now. Uh-huh. And I know you've been working on it for years. Yeah. How did this ridiculous concept come about? When were, when were you first involved? Tell mm-hmm. us the whole evolution of Titanic and also how to say it properly. I mean, I say, I'll start there. I say Titanic. Um, some people say Titanic. Um, I don't know. I just think it's, it's meant to be however Celine Dion would say the word Titanic. Right. So whatever mm-hmm. that is for you, that's, that's how you say it. Titanic. Um, yeah. Titanic. In, in the show, she says Titanic. Um, Titanic. So, yeah, I mean, it, it is a very bizarre story, and we're going into year six with this. Uh-huh. Um, but basically, I was directing shows at this, like, comedy-driven dinner theater type space in L.A. Uh, called Rockwell, which, R.A.P., you know, she didn't survive the pandemic, uh-huh. but she had a good run. Um, so I was doing, you know, these like four to six month long run musical parodies of films. And um, I, I did like I did Devil Wars Prada, I did uh, True Beverly Hills, Big Lebowski. And we would just use pop songs. And it was very loose, very, you know, L.A., not like New York theater. And um, a couple people who were in some of my shows, Constantine Rasuli being the, the prime person, approached me and was like, um, we want to do a parody of Titanic. And we want to do um, all Celine Dion songs. We want to have Celine host the night. Like, it's all through her point of view. And I was like, this is genius. Because the venue wanted to do, like, parodies of films that were comedies already, which was, like, not great. Right. What's the point of doing a parody of something that's already funny? Right. And so I I went to my then-supervisor... Um, who shall remain nameless because they were kicked out for embezzlement. Um, oh. Uh-huh. Whoopsie. I, that's, that's another podcast. Um, Leona Helmsley? Um, she, she's long gone. This is a supervisor of the venue? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Mm. Um, one of those people that, like, wants to put their name on everything, mm. like every job title on the show poster, but literally does no work. One of those. Totally mm. Joanne Filan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Well, it's me. I did <laughs> I thought you looked Sorry. familiar, Joanne. Yes. Well, I didn't want to say anything. Because she looks like Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that person was like, no, I want to do Mean Girls. And I'm like, of course you do. Mm. So, you know, when I left... That the, already is a musical. Yeah, or was really. it not at that point? It was becoming a musical at right. that point. Because this was like like seven years ago, you know, we were having these conversations. So she was not interested. So it never happened there. But then when I left the venue, 
uh, a couple years go by, and I, I, this is the truth. I, Donald Trump got elected, and it was maybe like five days later, um, I woke up in my bed, total stupor, and um, I, I remember very distinctly there was like a, a, an empty pizza box next to me on my left, and I, and I looked down at my body, and I'm like so tired. I'm just like, I thought I had shit all over myself, and it was just like chocolate chip morsels that had melted onto my body <laughs> and had been there for more than well over eight hours. I've definitely yeah. been there. Yeah. And, and I was yeah. like, okay. And CNN was still on. It was just like very, very tragic. You're and in I was a bad like, place. I was like, girl, you, this, this is not it. This is not a cute look for you. So you need to get up out of this bed. You need to take a hot shower, um, eat, and um, you need to laugh. Like I just knew in that instant, like I needed to create something and I needed to... If I was feeling that way, that I needed to like get back into my laptop and start writing something, and um, this idea came back to me, and I was just like, "This is what I'm going to do to get through this." Now, were you a fan of the film to begin with? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I remember seeing it when it was out in theaters with <laughs> uh, kind of a traumatic experience. So my, I was, I don't know, seventeen, eighteen, and um, my then gay best friend. Mm -hmm. who was a beautiful guy and so sweet. Um, and I was obviously, like, secretly in love with him, mm -hmm. but we could only be best friends because he had this, like, really horrible, toxic boyfriend. Yeah. So we went to see Titanic, all three of us together. And I just remember sitting there, watching them holding hands, mm -hmm. watching this, you know, immaculate love story being, like, so bitter because I was like, that should be me holding his hand. It, it was bad. It was dark. Did you ever get him? Um, no, but the interesting thing is that we've rekindled our friendship after, mm. you know, many years, and we're mm. in very different places now, but, um, uh, he actually flew up to see the show with his husband, oh. uh, who's a different guy. person. Oh, different person, different Can person. you imagine if he was still with him? <laughs> right. I'd be so his bitter. toxic husband. Right. So, so you were familiar with the material. Oh, yeah. And so now you've decided to go ahead with it. Mm -hmm. And here's the question that I had all through the show as I'm watching it. How do they get permission to use all of these huge Celine Dion songs, which you don't change at all. The music and mm -hmm. the words are the same. Yep. The, the script is all original, but the songs are the songs. Yep. How, how do you get permission to do that? Well, because I had worked in sort of nightlife venues and concert spaces um, a lot up to that point, uh, I, I was aware that as long as we did this in what was explicitly a concert presentation, we could use the songs under the venue's live performance licensing that they pay oh. for. This is how cabaret singers get away with doing absolutely. cabaret shows oh. and absolutely. pop songs and Broadway songs. Okay. Same thing, same thing. So I knew as long as in the early iterations of it, I kept it as a very streamlined concert presentation, we'd be okay. Um, but that being said, once we, like on year three, four, when we signed a deal with a Broadway producer, that's when we had to, as we're you know, moving towards a commercial production, we had to start clearing songs. And, uh, you know, that was a journey all of its own. There, the, my producer was very good, and, and we have a great reputation, and we have Celine's people on our side, and we have oh. David Foster, who produced most of the tracks on our side. And mm -hmm. so we've had a good go of it. We, we did lose several songs, don't get me wrong. Like, and several key songs we've lost. Really, <laughs> see, that's, that's hard to believe, because in watching it, you really do hear what... Feels like every single one of Celine's big uh, hits. I love that. I love uh, that. And you certainly oh. got "My Heart Will Go On," which is key to, to key. Titanic. Yeah. So, so are is someone getting money? Yeah. So, yeah. Songwriters are getting money for this. Yeah. Well, I, well, I don't necessarily understand all of the specifics of how that works, but basically, in a commercial um, production, you know, there are certain royalties set aside for the book writer, the songwriter, you know, mm -hmm. the 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 libretto you know, writer. And so those monies get divvied out to the songwriters, basically. Whatever the composer of the show would get goes to all of them, basically. Okay. They all share that percentage. Now, I have to know, has Celine seen it? Does she like it? What's her reaction to all of this? Oh, my God. She has not seen it. However, um, the same night that David Foster came, he brought Celine's publicist. Mm -hmm. And I... I didn't, I, I didn't know. I was like emailing this woman and she was being kind of sassy with me. And she was like, I have to drive all the way across LA to see this thing. And I was like, I, you're going to, I didn't know who she was. So thank God I was like not being a cunt that day. I was like, 
trust me, it's worth the drive. You're going to have a blast. She shows up with David Foster, and he's like, this is uh, Celine's publicist, Kim. And I was like, I almost fell over because I mm -hmm. almost read her for filth via email. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so she came to the show. For not telling you that she was coming? For, for being sassy about the location of our venue. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which is um, in Chelsea. What's wrong with the location? This was, no, this was like years ago when we were doing it in L.A. Oh, I see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so anyway, she came and she loved it. She like made a beeline for me after and she shook my hand and she was, she was like, this is fucking hysterical. I cannot wait to tell Celine I'm calling her, you know, tomorrow. So thank God they but, yeah, know about it and they are, they have, they have let us do it. So, it's so amazing. Now you're, I want to talk about your cast because yep. I feel like it's easy to find people who are funny and in New York, certainly it's easy to find people who have wonderful voices. Yep. Your cast does it all. Yeah. They're hilarious. They're mm -hmm. each great comedians and they're each like world-class singers led by Marla Mandel as Celine and Frankie Grande, who I was shocked to see as Victor Garber. That's actually his character's name. Oh. <laughs> He's Victor Garber. <laughs> Victor Garber. How, how did you find such an amazing cast? You know, people ask that all the time and the, the truth is um, Marla and Connie and I are just really old theater trash, and we just know a lot of people. And Connie is Constantine Rasuli, okay. who is my he Connie plays Jack, plays Jack, and Marla plays Celine, okay. and we wrote the book together. And we just know a lot of bitches. I mean, it's, that's that's really all it boils down to. We just we just have done so many shows that we just happen to know the right people to pull into this family in this tone. Well, that's great. Yeah. Sounds like it came at the, the perfect time. It did, and it, it was all just very organic for a very long time, mm -hmm. it, because it had to be, because it was coming out of my pocketbook, which was then. Mm. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. always scary. Now, yeah, I yeah. first learned about this project when you and I were both helping out our friend Drew Drogi, who's been on this show many times, mm -hmm. uh, of, in a little reading that he did of his, uh, his new play, which you were so good Messy at, white gaze. I think I was terrible, but thank you. You were not terrible. Uh, I was not, not happy with my performance. But I was thrilled to be a part of it. And it was fun to meet you. And then you start telling me about this show. And literally, in the next 10 days, be between that time and the time I actually saw the show, I heard about Titanic from like a dozen different people. There is a mm. buzz about this show in New York. And for a show that's not on Broadway, not technically off Broadway, it's, it's at what used to be the Upright Citizens Brigade, which yeah. is now the Asylum. Um, it's a pretty phenomenal reaction. Are you amazed or or had you known after this many years of working on it that there was an audience for this that's a great question i think that um the show existed on such a small way for so long because again it, i was literally producing it myself so it had to like it had to always pay for itself but so we would do these one-offs like every three or four months in la and they would always sell out and the response was bananas every single night you know, and so we're thinking, we have something here. But we were never thinking, like, we're going to do a four-month-long run in New York City eight nights a week and sell almost every night. You know what I mean? And get this level yeah. of press. So mm -hmm. we are in this weird place where it's like a, a real production, but it's still literally underground in a basement. Mm -hmm. And we're getting really great press, lots of, like, national press that's happening very organically. It's, I, I am amazed. You're currently slated to run through September 25th. Yeah. Maybe you can't talk about it. Are there plans in the works for a future iteration of Titanic? I sure as fuck hope so. Mm -hmm. um, we've put in so much work and been so patient. I mean, the fact that we survived COVID at all and, and are now yeah. like a yeah. real production in New York, you know, we were, we were delayed many times. So I'm very grateful to have what we have right now. But I want to like I want to take this everywhere. I want I, I, I want to do it all over the country. I want to do it all over, you know, Canada, all over Europe. I want to take it to Asia. Absolutely. So we'll know soon. We'll know soon. And I think with with a property like Titanic, you can because yeah, it's everybody a, has it's seen a world that. famous movie. Yeah. Everyone's seen it. Everyone mm -hmm. knows it. Um, and then you add music and humor to that. Yeah. It, it's just a winning combination. Now you. Uh, worked on RuPaul's Drag Race. I did, four seasons. And there is a moment, I hope I'm not, this is not considered a spoiler, but there's a <laughs> moment in Titanic when Jack and Cal, is that his name? Yep. Have mm -hmm. a lip sync battle. Oh. <laughs> which feels like it was clearly inspired by your experience 
on RuPaul's Drag Race. You know what's funny is I think that people probably assume that, but the truth is Marla came up with that idea. Mm. Oh. Um, I, I came up with the idea of personifying the iceberg to diminish the tragedy as much as possible. And yeah, the iceberg is a character. And, oh. and, and make light of that. You know, Connie was like, we should, we should use River Deep for when they run into the iceberg. And I was like, we should make the iceberg a character who sings a song while they're like thrashing people around. <laughs> and then eventually I was like, oh wait, that should also be Tina Turner. And then Marla then was like, wait a minute, Tina Turner should also be RuPaul. And then the, they lip sync while they're doing River Deep. So it's just like this crazy collaborative amalgamation amoeba situation. Um, they're both wildly obsessed with drag race as are most homosexuals. So that I, I must give credit to Marla for the lip sync for your lifeboats because that came out of her crazy brain. You did casting yeah. for drag race. So what does yeah. that entail? Are you just going through thousands of submissions? And It's interesting. It's, it's, there's not a lot that I can say because the NDAs on that show are, oh. are real. But what I can tell you is... Um, they, they put out the casting notice, and it is very involved what they require the queens to do. It, I mean, it takes weeks and weeks for them to compile all of this video information, and they send it all to us. And uh, I, I coordinate all that information. I help review all that information. I chime in about who I think deserves to be passed on to the producers, and then my main function on the show was to produce the talent. Um, meaning, when we, when, we, when we had the people that we liked, um, I, would, I would then go in and like literally produce the, the, the beautiful PDFs that like we showed to the executive producers. And like, because I have a, a long background in drag, I would be utilized to like create appropriate copy. Were you a drag performer yourself? I've done drag, but you know, in my 30s, I was running a lot of gay nightlife venues, both mm -hmm. here, LA, Houston, and I. And I, there was one where I was like hosting five nights a week in, wow. in the clubs, and what? there was a lot of a lot of drag shows. What's your drag name when you have done drag? Um, well, I have two. Because Thai Blue is pretty good. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I have two. I have a show that I created for one of my alter egos called Estelle mm -hmm. um, that I did in L.A. a few times. But if I'm, like, down in Houston in my hometown, like, at a bar, throwing on a, on a wig and a dress, her name is Taisha Jenkins of the oh, Southwest no. Jenkins. I like that. Yeah, we have a little tribe down there. But <laughs> anyway, that's, I, I guess, I have a long history in the drag community. Well, in the time remaining, Ty, it's time to play everyone's favorite game, Ask Me No Questions. Ask Me No Questions. Ask Me No Questions. Yeah. Okay. Your name is Ty Blue. Yeah. Is that your real name? And if so, why did your parents name you after a gay porn star? <laughs> <laughs> it is my real name. It is my legal name. Um, it's kind of a weird story. I, my first name is actually Ty Cody, two words. Oh. Um, and I was named after a friend of my mom's who had a child who passed away, dark, I know. Oh. Um, and then Blue was my stepdad's name. So it just, it just happened. And then they got divorced because he was a piece of shit. Uh -huh. And by that time, I was already in school. And you had your name. I had my name, and I, can't I just never changed it back. A child named Ty Blue. Ty Blue. I yeah, and I remember the day in kindergarten. It was like kindergarten graduation, and we were mm -hmm. all lined up and ready to go out and get our diplomas. And I guess my name change went through that day. And the teacher, Miss Shelton, came up to me, and she was like, actually, you're going to move from, from the H's to the B's. And I had no idea what was going on. And from that day on, my name was Ty Blue. Uh -huh. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite Celine Dion song? Oh, don't do this to me. <laughs> um, the one that I tend to turn on the most when I need to feel good is I'm Alive. Oh. There's just something about the groove of that, that that energizes me and kind of centers me. You know, in watching your show, I was thinking how much I love the, um, what do you say to taking? But I never knew that was the Celine Dion song. I only knew that oh, you from didn't? the Glee soundtrack. Oh, from the Glee soundtrack. I apologize. Where this microphone is going out the window. So. Okay. Um, yeah, I only know Leah Michelle singing that. Song. Oh. Um, what was your favorite musical when you were a little gay boy? Well, probably Phantom of the Opera. It was also the first one that I saw, so it was kind of my only reference point for a long time. Um, and I would just sing along to that shit in my room. 
I hate Phantom. Oh uh, well, <laughs> well now now it's definitely not my favorite. I think as I as I matured and I saw Ragtime, oh uh, that fabulous. that quickly became my favorite. Maury Yeston is one of my oh interesting favorite composers. Uh-huh. Not Nine is my favorite musical. Uh, solid. <laughs> uh, if uh, oh if you could fuck one of the stars of the original movie Titanic, which one would oh, it God. be? Oh, it'd probably be Billy Zane. Me too. Like that's a hard yes. I agree. <laughs> I do that, not. I disagree. Totally. I would uh, have sex with the um, the Irish mother so that she would say. <laughs> It'll all be over soon. <laughs> She's a character in the show, by the way. Oh, perfect. <laughs> as, is, as is Fabrizio, yeah. the fake Italian. Yeah. And Fabrizio okay. would probably be a, a, a close second for me. What's mm. a joke you had in the original script that you had to kill because it was too offensive? Oh, goodness gracious. We, um... Shit. There have been many. Um, the, the, there's one that comes to mind, you know, the character Ruth, <laughs> Rose's mother, has this massive tirade where it's wildly inappropriate and completely unhinged. And there was something that a previous actor, oh, oh yes, that's what it was. Um, Steven, who originally played the character, um, came up with, and he referred to Rose as a faggot fucker in, in his big speech. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we decided that had to go... Unfortunately. Oh, I thought I saw that. Oh, you might have seen it if you saw it, if you saw prior incarnations, but no. we've let that go. Interesting. She now calls him a, her a feckless queef. <laughs> oh, actually, I like that. Yeah. Smarter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Could Rose have saved Jack just by pulling him onto that fucking floating door with her? Here's the thing. I know that everyone feels that, and we definitely mm-hmm. like make light of that in the right. show. But if you really like go back and look at it, that thing would not have been big enough for the two of them. It would, they would have sunk. Like, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. It yeah. really was not big enough. Because she was barely on it. Yeah. By the way, I noticed that you have made cast changes just from going on YouTube and seeing some of the clips from the original, or not the original, from yep. the uh, Green Room 42 version. Is that just because they moved on and did other things? Did you find people you liked better for the roles? Because it's mm. almost entirely the, the same people. With a few notable exceptions. Yeah, yeah. Well, there it's both. It's both. There are people who have become far too busy to commit to a schedule like this. Right. Um, and then there are people who did the show for a long time, who we who are our friends and who we love, who we ended up replacing as honorably as we could because they just didn't have either the vocal or the comedy chops. Right. And uh, it's and such a strong cast. We we've had to be very sort of diplomatic about that in order to elevate the show to where it is now. Is it true that you're replacing Marla Mandel with Leah Michelle <laughs> in the role of Celine Dion beginning next week? Oh, God. Um, yes. No. With Beanie Feldstein? Not. No. no, I know. I was going to say maybe Beanie's available. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> she certainly is. Wait till you see Marla Mandel as Celine, oh, you yeah. guys. She's fucking amazing. Um, and finally, Ty, are you single? I am single, yeah. All right. Yeah. Would you be interested in uh, maybe getting dinner sometime? Oh, wow. Not to put you on the spot. <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to be there, just so you know. Oh, Joanne's going to be serving us. <laughs> I do like to yeah. eat. Mm-hmm. It's her I other job. I do like to eat, yeah. Mm. All right, well, that's a ringing endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> wanting to go out with me. I, I do like food. Mm. Yes. So if it's bad, at least there's the food. Exactly. Yeah. Alright, well, uh, you know where to find me. Uh, Titanic, <laughs> Titanic runs through September 25th at the Asylum NYC and yeah. possibly beyond. Fingers crossed, keep, y'all. Keep your eye on Please the, come I, buy a ticket because the more I people am. come, the stronger our trajectory is going to be. Absolutely. The minute, the minute I get home, um, my wife and I are definitely, because she's going to love this. It's also, it's like the gayest show in American history. Yeah, so I, just, mean, I know that your audience tends to be homosexual, so mm-hmm. I just want everyone to know that. Like, if you're yeah, homosexual, yeah. you're going to have a good, good time. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Tickets uh, and information are available at Titanic, that's uh, with a Q-U-E, musical.com. How can people follow you, Ty Blue, online? Um, I'm most active on Instagram where you can find me at Ty Blue and then the number one. Um, I have Facebook as well. I don't know. I'm not great at all of that. Like, I had mm-hmm. to grill you to know about this podcast today. So, this podcast is confusing. Nobody understands that we're only available for one week to subscribers and uh-huh. then we're available to everyone else. 
even though I put it in all the emails. Um, <laughs> Ty Blue, thank you. Uh, I, maybe we'll see each other for dinner. If not, best of luck to you. <laughs> Joanne and thank JB, you. please plug yourselves. Yay, I'm on all the random social media at Joanne Filan. At Stucky Anarchy 12, only on Instagram. Thank you both so much, Joanne. You've been a pleasure. We will see you back next week. I can't uh, wait. We are also back next week with season six RuPaul's Drag Race contestant Kelly Mantle, oh, yeah. who's starring in a new film. Subscribe to this podcast at dnrstudios.com. Don't forget to order your ass merchandise, including this lovely mm. demon twink tank top that I'm, I'm wearing. Oh, yes. It's available at adamsank.com. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at adamsank. Have a great week, bitches. Bye. Please do.